about something. It's like part two of something that I shared on last month. Uh, and that was to do with the spirit of sonship and the spirit of fear. Does anyone remember anything about that? A couple of people are like, yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. That's all right. <laughs> and the spirit of sonship and the spirit of fear. And so I'm just going to recap real quick what that is. And then I just want to take some time and just just put a little bit of application to it this morning because the application was, there's, there's so much application to it. And so I just wanted to kind of sound that out a little bit more. And the spirit of sonship is something that we receive from God the Father. When we believe that God is our Father and that we are in relationship with Him as Christians and that, you know, that's a very important way that we understand God at this church. We really like to talk about God as our Father and that we use the term Father a lot. That's patterned after Jesus. He used the term Father to talk about God all the time. And when we do that, we're positioning ourselves as God's children, right? We're saying, you're, you're the father and I'm the child. You're the father, I'm the son, I'm the daughter in relationship to you as my heavenly father. And because we can say that, because we have that ability to say, God, you are my father, then that means that we have the spirit of sonship or another term for it is the spirit of adoption, that we've been adopted into God's family. And you know, that happens in, in human you know, just in, in regular families here, children get adopted into families that they weren't born into. And we're, we are familiar with that. In the same way, spiritually, we have been adopted into God's family and we call him Father. So is everyone familiar with that already? You should be familiar with that if you've been coming to this church for more than a month. So you should have heard something along those lines. So what's the spirit of fear and how does the spirit of fear play into this? Well, we're going to look at a scripture in Romans 8 and I, I read it last time I talked about this. And Paul, the apostle, really um, has the spirit of sonship, or the spirit of adoption on one hand, and he contrasts it with the spirit of fear. And he said that we've been brought out of a spirit of fear and brought into a spirit of sonship. And so that got me thinking about, wow, it looks like this spirit of sonship or spirit of adoption is really the opposite of the spirit of fear. And so it got me thinking. I started reading through the Bible and, and seeing different things to do with, with fear versus sonship or being in God's family and being in what Paul calls slavery due to fear. So I'm going to recap those details in a minute. But I just wanted to, to just look at it from a different angle to start with this morning. And I want to say that each one of us in this room, we're really comfortable with fear. We're all really comfortable with fear. And you might not, you might not think that you are, but I can almost certainly guarantee that each one of us is comfortable with fear to some regard. And why do I think that? Well, it's because our society is filled with fear. And what's the opposite of that? What is God calling us to this morning? Love. Yeah. God's calling us from fear into faith. And that's always, that's always what God wants. He wants us to have more faith in him, more trust in him, more hope in him. He wants the opposite of the slavery that fear brings. Do you know what the only thing that God calls us to fear is? Yeah. The only thing that God tells us to fear is him. So everything else that you're afraid of is an area that God wants to challenge today. Uh-oh. 
Does that make sense? Everything else that you fear isn't in agreement with what God's will is for your life. And you might think, I don't really fear things. I'm just anxious. <clears throat> well, anxiety is like fear's little brother, you know. He's really irritating, but not quite as mean, and he can't quite hurt you as much. But he's like, he's like, if you don't let me move in, my big brother's going to come in and sort you out. So even if you just have anxiety, you're still in the, you're still in the family. <laughs> have you noticed that, that fear is a really big thing in our society, in our culture? You know, people make money off fear, right? I mean, if they say that like sex sells, then fear's got to be right up there in the top ten, right? It's got to be right up there. I mean, if you watch the morning news, it's like such and such happened. Is your neighborhood safe? You know? Like, you remember the bridge disaster in Minnesota? And what was, what was the next story right after that one? Are the bridges safe where you live? You know, what's that? That's stirring up fear. It's like, I have no control over whether the bridge I drive over is safe or not. That's out of my hands, but thanks, you've made me scared to drive over that bridge anyway. You know what I mean? And it's constant. It's like, don't eat this or it will kill you in 50 years. <laughs> it's like, if you believed every single thing that you can be afraid of, you would never eat anything. You'd never go anywhere. You'd never do anything. You'd never say anything, you know? And we're all comfortable. We've all bought into that to some degree. There isn't any one of us that's immune and hasn't bought into some of that. And you know what? We're all in it together. So let's not be like, ah, oh, this person's worse than me. They have more fear. Okay, we all have it. So it's okay. We're all in safe ground. What does the Bible say when it comes to fear? What does God say when it comes to fear? And what should we say when it comes to fear as a church? What do you think the church, church's message is at the minute? You know, the world is all about, like, fear this and fear that. And the other funny thing about what the world and our culture says is if you are afraid of something, it's like this magic cure that will stop it from happening. But if you don't fear it, then it's definitely going to happen. You know? It's like, let's point out all these things to be afraid of so we can all be on guard constantly. And because we're all afraid of these things happening, then maybe they won't. That's the only sure thing to do. But if you're not vigilant, then, oh, that's sure to happen to you because you didn't have fear and you weren't prepared for it. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, let's just try to cover all the bases and be afraid of everything. <laughs> well, what, what kind of message is the church in general giving to people? Are they saying what God is saying, which is, don't fear. It's okay, have no fear. Well, it's funny when we look at the church because it really seems like the message we're giving is, you be afraid. You better be afraid. God is coming. You better be afraid. Where do you think the world got their kind of fear of God from? I think it got it from the church. Because the church has been preaching this, this fear message for a really long time. And something that happened is, is the church saw that fear really works in, in the world for certain things. And they said, let's use fear as a tactic to preach about God. And, you know, we've really, 
we've really seen in the church that the church has taken in this culture of fear and they've put Christian labels on it and then they've sold it back to their own people and they've said be afraid just be really afraid of God and and that'll be your insurance policy against anything bad happening if you fear God enough then you know you'll be in this groveling situation before him and then he'll see that and he'll bless your life does that sound familiar you know like it's definitely a message that has been preached and the church has taken in this thing and dressed it up you know we all joke about like you know oh, if you do this or that like God's going to zap you with the lightning bolt from heaven you know like we've heard that joke before but the sad truth is for a lot of people who have no idea who God is like that's what they think you know that's what they think they're like yeah God, God is just waiting to hit me with this big hammer or he's waiting to zap me you know and it's a message of fear and the problem is that the church is running into now is it's not really what the Bible says and it's not, it's not who Jesus revealed God to be you know you can only preach God, you know, fear of God for so long before it runs its course and the reason it's not lasting is because it's not who God has revealed himself to be right God has said don't fear we're going to look at that in a second here. God doesn't want us to be in fear. And so let's, as a church, let's not encourage people to be in fear of God. Okay, let's, let's, let's introduce a God who isn't ready to like strike people at any moment. Let's introduce a God who's loving. Let's introduce the Father to people that we meet. Let's introduce the Father and the love that he wants to give to people. And uh, you might think, well, what about this fear of the Lord? What about fearing God? Doesn't, didn't you say that God says that in the Bible? Well, yeah, let's talk about that. Whenever we went through last month, we started with, with Romans 8, and uh, we'll get there. And um, it talks about the spirit of fear and the, and the spirit of sonship. But that had got me started, that scripture, and I looked through, uh, started reading through the Bible and just seeing, where does this fear come in? Is it just what Paul talks about or is it in different parts of the Bible and as I read I just find more and more this this thing of fear and God wanting to challenge fear in our lives just comes up over and over again and one instance that I really focused in on early was the thing of Abraham and the thing is fear really rises up in the area where God has promised you things like that's where it's really strongest and so when God showed up to Abraham the first thing, one of the first things he says is, you're going to have lots of children, you're going to have a rich inheritance, nations will be born from you. Okay, and Abraham and Sarah, I mean, they were so old, like they just couldn't have kids. And so, obviously that's a challenge to Abraham. Does he, does he have faith that God will actually do this? Or what? And you can see that he really struggles for just chapter after chapter. There's like this struggle and this battle inside of Abraham. Do I have faith in God's word to me? Or do I, do I give in to the fear that it won't happen? And he really struggled with it. And his fear actually led him to make some serious mistakes and to doubt God's word. You know, his fears really led him into that. But ultimately, he overcame those fears and embraced God's promises and lived his life in faith. And he's actually the model for faith that um, we're called to look to, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God was faithful to his word and his promises were fulfilled. So if there's an area in your life where you're like, oh, I seem to have the greatest fear in this area. Well, is that the, greatest, is that the area where God's promised you the most? Because often that's what goes, those two go hand in hand. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it's often the areas where you fear the most, where God has promised you the most. You know, and, the, and that's, that's how it works because the enemy, 
you know, here's those promises that God gives you. It might be a prophetic word. It might be what somebody prays. It might be just what somebody says. And he wants to attack those. And if you don't believe in that prophetic word, if you don't believe in those promises of God, you're not going to pursue them. You're not going to pray into them. And you're going to be stalled. You know, you're bound up. You're a slave to fear in that area of your life. The Israelites were the same. God had promised them, you're going to have a place to live. You're going to have a country to settle in. It's going to be great. He even told them where it was. And yet they still didn't have the faith to occupy that country when it came to it, right? And the whole generation died off in the desert because of a lack of faith, because their fear kept them from occupying that land. And we don't want to be like that in our lives. That's a picture of us, for us, of our own lives. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be caught in the wilderness you know, area, wandering, and not having the faith to go in to that promised land that God has outlaid for us in our lives. Okay, what about the fear of the Lord? You, you see in the Bible lots of times about the fear of the Lord. So how does this fit in with the spirit of fear and the fear that we're talking about this morning? Well, there's a fear that's that kind of is tied in with wisdom, right? So when you're driving along, it's good, you know, you're driving down Westnage, it's good not to just ignore the red light and drive through, right? You're afraid to drive through that red light, okay? That's that's fear, but it's also wisdom, right? And that's kind of what the fear of the Lord is like. And how do you know the difference between a fear that you need to combat in your life or a fear that's healthy? Well, you need to look at the fruit of that fear. Okay, you always look at the fruit of that fear. And this is where the fear of the Lord comes in because the fruit in your life that the fear of the Lord produces is healthy fruit. But the fear that the spirit of fear, the fruit that the spirit of fear produces is unhealthy fruit in your life. The spirit of fear will produce a fruit in your life that keeps you bound up. And sometimes you can even feel it feels like Man, I just can't do anything in this situation. I'm so afraid to take a step in any direction. Has anyone ever felt that? Like, I'm so afraid of doing the wrong thing, making the wrong choice. You know, it's that spirit of fear is just locking you down. And that's why Paul talks about it being this enslaving, this, this thing that keeps you, you know, enslaved as if you were a prisoner in chains. However, the fear of the Lord produces things like, I just have a list of certain things, mostly taken from Proverbs that the fear of the Lord brings. And, uh, it's things like a hatred of evil, a fear of the Lord is pure, adds length to life, is a fountain of life, is a teacher of wisdom, makes us avoid evil, it leads to life, brings wealth, honor, and life, is the key to the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, that's just, that's just a sampling of what the fear of the Lord does in your life. Okay, and so those things are really opposite to what the spirit of fear wants to produce in your life. Okay, the spirit of fear doesn't want you to live life to the fullest. It doesn't want you to, to like embrace the things of God. It doesn't want to like add length to your days. It doesn't want to make you have honor in life. It wants to shut you down. So does that seem clear? The spirit of fear is that thing that comes into our lives and, and wants to shut us down. Okay, let's look at... Um, I, there's a verse in Isaiah which really sums up what the Bible has to say from God's perspective about fear. And it's Isaiah 41.10. This is God speaking. He says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that's, that's the word of the Lord when it comes to fear. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you, help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that's good news for us this morning, right? 
That is good news. Do not fear. And you see that time and again. God comes to, to Abraham. He comes to the disciples. He comes to, to so many people. What's the first thing he says? Don't be afraid. You know? Don't be afraid. So if we're to fear God, but God says don't be afraid, then that's incompatible. So we know that the fear that God's talking about has got to be different. It's got to be two different things. Right? And so God's calling us from this fear and he's bringing us into faith. Paul says in Romans 8, he says, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship or the spirit of adoption. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If we are his children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Okay, so we've been talking about the spirit of sonship and the spirit of fear. So, so how do you know if you have the spirit of fear or the spirit of sonship in your life? Well, let's look at Romans 8 again. You know, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God and have received the Spirit of Sonship. So those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God and have therefore received the Spirit of Sonship. And when I say the Spirit of Sonship, it's really just, it's just a term of, inclus- of inclusion into God's family in that level of, of child. So you can put daughter in there as well. It's not, it's not gender specific. So let's backtrack. How do we know if we have the Spirit of Sonship? Well, if you have the Spirit in your life, then you have the Spirit of Sonship to some degree. If you are a Christian and you can call God Father, which you can if you have given your life to Jesus, you know, if he's filled you with his Holy Spirit, then you have the Spirit of Sonship to some degree, right? Does that make sense? You have the Spirit of Sonship operating in your life. So you can breathe easy this morning. I've got the Spirit of Sonship. I've got the Spirit of Adoption. You know you have it because you're in relationship with God as Father this morning. Does that mean that if I have the spirit of sonship, I don't have any spirit of fear? Well, not necessarily. Look at Romans 8 again. Because Paul really outlines a process for us that happens as we are led by the Spirit. And this whole chapter, Romans 8, is about life in the Spirit overcoming life in the world, life in the flesh. It's about the life that we're moving into with the Holy Spirit as opposed to the life that we're coming out of before we had the Holy Spirit. And he says a little bit earlier, uh, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Paul's talking about a process there where we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and put to death certain things in our lives, certain things in our hearts that are in opposition to who God wants us to be. And that is a process. And even though we can all say, yeah, we're Christians, we're saved, we're going to heaven, we're you know, children of God and all of those things, there's certain things that still the Holy Spirit wants to deal with in our lives, wants to deal with in our hearts. And this is one big area where God wants to come in with the Spirit and he wants to deal with this, this fear that, the spirit of fear that can linger in the areas in which we let it. And so we can have the spirit of sonship as Christians. We do have the spirit of sonship as Christians. But there's also, you know, if there's that fear that resides, then we can deal with that as well. And the good thing is it's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of sonship, that provides us with everything that we need to deal with the spirit of fear that's in our lives. Okay, everything that you need to deal with this, you already have from the Father. It's given to you. The Holy Spirit's given to us as a gift. And the Holy Spirit strengthens us in this area and every area of our lives. So that's the good news. So what are we aiming for 
as we let the Holy Spirit come in, as we let the Holy Spirit minister? What are we aiming for? Well, just imagine your life without fear. Just imagine your life without fear. So just everybody try to imagine your life without fear for a moment. Now, does it, does it come easily? Does it seem like a natural, like, oh, yeah, life without fear, that's easy, it's like this? Or does it seem difficult? Is, it, is that easy or is it difficult to imagine your life without fear? Is it hard? Hands up if it seems hard. Hands up if it seems easy. Okay, for the vast majority of people, it's a hard exercise to imagine your life with no fear. And why is that? It's because we're all comfortable with fear. You know, we're comfortable with fear to some measure in our lives. And that's what we want to deal with. But imagine your life without fear. You know, you're waking up in the morning. You're not really worried. You don't have fear. You're not, you're not worried about, if I go into work, am I still going to have a job? You know, not worried about it. On the way to work, am I going to have an accident driving my car? Not worried about it. If I did get into a crash and the car was wrecked but I was okay, like, what would I do? Like, would my insurance cover it? I don't have fear. You know? Can't pay my bills. Don't have fear. You know? And these are just some examples of different things. You know? Um, some, we have bigger fears than others. You know? Some of us, you know, if you're really into, like, sports, like Adam's really into the Cubs, he might be afraid the Cubs will never, ever win the World Series in his lifetime. You know, and that might be a real fear, right? I mean, that's the that might be, so. You know, so I mean, we we all have different levels of fear. We all have different things that we're afraid of, right? But there's some really big ones, like, like you know, to do with job, to do with family, to do with health. You know, and our society, like we said earlier, wants to encourage us to have fear in those areas, right? Afraid about your job? Why not? You all live in Michigan, and it's terrible right now. See what I mean? I mean, that's what the culture says, right? Right? That's what the culture says. Trying to sell your house like we are. Why bother? You know? Nobody's buying. You know? That's what the culture wants to say. I mean, I saw this thing on uh, CNN the other day. It was economic forecast to do with the, the housing crisis. And they were, like, they were like, let's look at two really bad situations in the U.S. So they go to Nevada first and people have stopped buying homes in Las Vegas, which is, of course, terrible for everyone. Uh, nobody's buying homes in Las Vegas anymore because everyone, like, flocked there and started to build houses and they talked about Vegas for a while and then they were like yes and of course there's Michigan and they were like yeah Michigan anyway you just don't want to be there and they just like moved on like no no in-depth analysis they were just like yeah <laughs> so that was that was encouraging start to the day right there you know yeah turn off the morning news I actually did start watching the morning news I catch a little bit of the headline news but I used to watch one of the other morning shows and it was just all fear. It was just constant fear. If it wasn't a news story about fear, then it was some other piece that they put together that was all about fear. I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, this is so depressing. Just completely depressing, you know? And it's not what God wants for my life anyway. He doesn't want me to live in fear. So why do I have to put up with this? You know, the enemy wants me to live in fear. I don't need to listen to him. So that's what we're aiming for. Is this life that we all struggle to picture without fear. You know? And it's not saying that you shouldn't have wisdom, and it's not saying that bad things won't happen. It's just saying that no matter what happens, there's not that fear, there's not that grip that fear has. 
that wants to ensnare you, that you have this confidence, you have this hope, you have this trust in God. And that's where God wants to bring us to. You ever notice God is always challenging the disciples to have more faith? He's always challenging them to have more faith. He wants the same for us. He wants to bring us from this place of fear and wants to bring us into a place of faith. And as a church, we are the people who God has brought from fear into faith. And he wants to continue to do that process in our lives. He wants to continue to draw us into faith. That's what God wants for your life. He wants to draw you into faith. He always wants to draw you into faith, to more faith, to more faith, to more faith, to more trust, more confidence, more hope in him. That's, that's what God's will is. And so anytime that you, you hear something that's like fear, 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 fear this, fear that, you know that that's not, that's not from God. It's not from God. God wants you to come into faith, so much faith that it really doesn't matter how bad your day gets. It doesn't really matter what happens in your life in any particular moment. Because you have so much faith, you have so much confidence, you have so much trust that when fear tries to come in, you'll just be like, fear, (laughs) bye. You know, you don't have a home here. You don't have a home in my life, you know. And that's where it creeps in, is a situation will appear. And you've got a choice of, do I trust God in this situation or do I not? And if you let fear in, it's like this guest that stays way too long, you know. It's like, it's like fear kind of like creeps in like, yeah, I'm kind of afraid, you know, that this might happen. But I know God's good. And it will be okay. You know, and fear's got in. You know, and then you, and sometimes we're like, yeah, a little bit of fear in this area. That's okay. That can be healthy, you know. But then that fear like just, just kind of makes itself comfortable, kind of moves in, you know. And then when you want done with that fear, you're kind of like, wow, it's, it's more of a problem than I thought, you know. And fear kind of has this way of like driving you below the surface, you know. You know, like people who are really superstitious, they just have a lot of fear, you know. Like athletes who have all their like superstitions before they go on the field or whatever. It's just fear, like, I don't want to lose, it's really bad if I lose, you know. But God wants faith to be the driving current of our lives in place of that fear, you know. That it's like, to others it seems like you make crazy decisions and you just go straight into things and you just have this confidence you know you ever met Christians who just seem really arrogant to you and you're just like sometimes you can't stand it it's like man they are so arrogant but then you might get to know them and you think they're really not arrogant at all they just don't have any fear they just don't have any fear about anything you know they can walk into a room and they're not afraid about what people are thinking about them you know, they're not afraid about if they say something, oh, this person's going to think that, and then if they think that, then this other person might think that. They just don't have that fear. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, and that's what God wants to bring us into. Okay, in closing, how do we get there? First of all, you have to be really ruthless about identifying the fruit in your life and the areas of fear that you have. Okay, if you're like, do I have an area of fear in my life? Well, do you? What's the fruit in your life? Do you never drive drive down a certain street because you're afraid that it's too busy? You know, or things like that. (laughs) Uh, This just came to me as a word of knowledge. I don't know. (laughs) You know, and it can be it can be little things. Do you know what I mean? It can you know I, I I don't know, whatever. But it can be really major things too. 
Like, I can't go to the doctor because what if it's bad news? You know? That's, that's something that's driving your life, okay? And let's, let's embrace faith. Let's embrace, let's embrace faith in the Father. Okay, so that's the first. If, once you identify an area of fear in your life, confess that fear and repent of it. Just say, Father, I, I confess that fear that I can't drive down this street. And I repent of that fear and I break agreement with it. And then the third thing is ask for the Spirit to come in where any fear has been. And just ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit in that area. And then the last point is actively look for areas to embrace faith instead of fear. You know? If God's calling you into something and you're not sure about it and it seems really big but you're pretty sure it's God, well, go for it. What's holding you back? Fear? You know? Just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? God's your Father and He wants you to trust Him anyway. If you go out in a limb and it breaks, well, God will have to catch you because, you know, you're putting your faith in Him, right? So, you don't have fear. So, God's our Father and He's good and He's on our side. And he wants us to have faith in him for absolutely every situation. He wants us to live without any fear whatsoever. Does that make sense? Does that sound good? All right. Well, let's stand and we'll just close with a word of prayer. So, Father, we just thank you because you are for us and you are not against us. You are on our side. And you want us to succeed in life. You want us to be fulfilled. You want us to accomplish every goal. Father, you want our lives to be rich. You want them to be full of life. And so we just confess today that we have areas of fear in our lives that are holding us back from that full life that you intend for us, for that freedom that you have bought for us at such a price. And Father, we say today that we want to move into faith. We want to move into faith. We want to move into faith in every area of our lives. So, Father, would you show us in these next weeks what areas of fear we have and give us the strength to embrace them with your Holy Spirit to overcome any area of fear that remains in our lives. We want to be full of the spirit of sonship. We want to be so full of your spirit that we can walk without fear in any situation. In your name we we pray this, Father, we ask it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you are dismissed. I just want to remind you of a couple of things. We have prayer ministry available. The prayer team is going to be up at the front here. Prophetic team is going to be in this corner. Okay, so prophetic team over here if you want prophetic ministry. And if you do, there's no sign up, so it's first come, first serve. So you've got to run up if you want prophetic this morning. Prayer ministry is over here. Remember, kingdom experience tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here. And then finally, the life group sign-ups, very important, the life group sign-ups are the other side of that partition. If you're a leader, why don't you run back and man your booth. And if you want to sign up for life groups, now is the time to do it. Thanks.